0: I'm here with uh, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers uh, from Portland. Married man, four, uh, four children, mm-hmm. two are in college, uh, or three are in college, you said. Two. Two, okay. And then um, you got a sophomore, and what was the other one? The, the yeah, the twins
1: are sophomores in high school. Oh, twins are right. Okay.
0: And I wanted to talk to you on the podcast. You speak a lot about... Um, Masculinity, men may be uh, growing in authentic masculinity and some of the challenges uh, facing men today. But first I'd like to begin. I know I've heard you preach and talk on um, like the role of men, and you draw from Genesis, the book of Genesis. What are some of the themes there you like to speak about? Well,
1: typically in uh, Genesis chapter 2, um, you know, it, it says there that, uh, the Lord put man the man in the garden to till and to keep it and uh, when you just read it that way he says, "Oh, he made him the gardener you know but <laughs> but there's much deeper meaning there the word for till is a in Hebrew which means a work that's in the form of service and then to keep is shamar which means to protect and defend so what the Lord is doing he's giving the man his mission his purpose his mm-hmm. calling to serve, protect, and defend everything mm. that's being entrusted to him. Right. You know? so, and, and that is who we are as men. Mm. That's our purpose. Mm. You know, and, um, and then it says it's not good for man to be alone. Well, well why not? I mean, he's got it pretty good. His guy's Garnabedian <laughs> man came going on. Nobody <laughs> to mess with the remote. You know, he's, he's good to go. But the, 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 the thing is, in Genesis 1, it says we're made in the image and likeness of God. And mm-hmm. God exists at, in a sense as a family, right, as a communion of persons, mm-hmm. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So man by himself makes no sense because mm-hmm. he, in that what St. John Paul II called the original solitude, he can recognize things about himself. Mm-hmm. He knows that uh, he's superior to all the other creatures that God has created because he puts man in charge. He um, is uh, conscious, uh, conscious and self-aware. Mm-hmm. He can know himself. And he can also know God, but he's got nobody to share it with, mm-hmm. you know. And, and love is most powerful when it's a gift that's given away, right. you know. And so he creates woman to complement mm-hmm. him, um, well, to, to be his uh, uh, helpmate, mm-hmm. right? And, but, you know, that doesn't mean maid or cook. Right. It's a zedekonegdo in Hebrew, which uh, means someone who stands opposite or parallel to you, who helps, aids assists surrounds protects and defends in battle right so he has this battle partner and they, and they they fight sin and death together it's also a beautiful imagery for the priesthood um okay. because e- everything here is not just for married men but mm-hmm. it's also very much applicable and attributable to the priesthood as well because the the the, the priest's job is to serve and protect defend his bride christ because mm-hmm. he represents persona christi in the person of christ right and the bride is the church right you know, so his, the, the priest's job is to serve, protect, and defend the church that has been entrusted to him yeah. uh, by Christ. So he's the spiritual father of, mm-hmm. of that family. You know, so, um, and uh, so in the, in the, in it says that the woman came forth from his side. Yeah. You know, and although oh, we say rib, mm-hmm. but in Hebrew it's selah, mm-hmm. which literally, literally means side. So mm-hmm. if you read it in Hebrew, it says he, he took his side and created her. Mm-hmm. And that's, again, another beautiful image. If you look at Christ crucified, when Longinus pierced our Lord mm-hmm. in the side, blood and water came out. And the Church right. Fathers talk about the Church being born from mm. the side of Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's the woman coming forth, the bride right. coming from the side of the bridegroom. You know, beautiful mm-hmm. imagery there. It says, uh, therefore, a man leaves his father and mother and cleaves to his wife, and the two become one flesh. Right. But not one person. Mm. <laughs> you know, because uh, you know, sometimes people say things when they're in a, a relationship of uh, intimacy and communion, I lost myself in him, or I right. lost myself in her. Right. Um, you know, and I, I tell me, you better find yourself. Because <laughs> <laughs> when, you, when you're in a relationship of, of, of love and communion, and intimacy, you don't lose anything of the individual person God created you to be. You don't yeah. lose yourself. Right. You find yourself. Right. Because when you give, your way, give yourself away in love is when you truly find yourself in God.
0: Hmm.
1: You know, which is what the cross is all about. You know? And so a man needs to see himself on the cross as Christ crucified. You know, my job as a man is to break myself from and pour myself out as a gift to my bride Mm -hmm. whether that be my wife, whether it be the church or as a single man, the culture and society. To be a witness of authentic manhood and fatherhood in light of all the insanity that's happening in the culture. Because remember man was put to order creation help God order creation. And so, you know, we, we are living in a chaotic and disordered world right now. So we yeah. need that witness of yeah. men um, so that they can help with the ordering of, of uh, society.
0: Yeah, and our our faith would definitely strengthen us, right, in that role what you're saying. Uh, we get like our marching orders from our faith and looking at Genesis to know things. What are some of like, the personal gifts you think men have to be a protector, provider uh, that you see? And we think of like women as nurturers; they're very attentive, uh, in tune with emotionally, a good social intelligence. You know. And, yeah,
1: yeah, and I bring this out in my book, "Behold the Man," which is really uh, at the heart of it is a theology of male spirituality. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's uh, I have a, it's three hundred pages, so I have a lot to say.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: but but what I what I try to do in the book to to get to your point, Father is that I'm often asked by women, well, where do I see myself in the Trinity? Because mm-hmm. it's Father, Son, and mm-hmm. Holy Spirit. Now they're not heretics saying that, yeah. you know, there should be a woman or any of that. They just say, well, where do I see myself? And so while I was praying about this particular part of the book. I was thinking about, well, how does the church view God? I can only do it by analogy, because the only way you can really speak fully mm. about God is if you're God, and we can't do that. Yeah. But we can speak by analogy. And when the church talks about this inner life of God, yeah, the church uses the language of what's called circumcision or mm. in, in the uh, in Eastern Church, divine perichoresis. That's the relationship of God within Himself. So, how the, God's inner intelligibility. So, how is the Father in the Son? How is the Father in the Holy Spirit? How is the Son in the Holy Spirit and the Father? How is the Holy Spirit out of the Father? Mm-hmm. All that, that. How does that relationship with God within Himself? In in a sense, God's interior life. Yeah. And I so in Genesis one, it says, "Male and female he created them." again, only by analogy, I think that God probably pulled, in a sense, pulled from his heart in his inner life to create the woman. As mm-hmm. you mentioned, they're more interior. Their reproductive organs are on the inside. Mm-hmm. They speak three times as many words per day as men do, mm-hmm. women. So mm-hmm. they're much more in tune, much mm-hmm. more interior. They grow life within them. Very relational. You know, very, mm-hmm. very <laughs> relational. They have a very different relationship to the kids than, than, uh-huh. than, than the, the, the fathers do. Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, and so and the, but there's this outer what the church calls the oikonomia mm-hmm. or the the, um, the working of salvation uh, what's called the divine economy not like supply and demand curves, right, but, right. but how God manifests himself in his in, in uh, the plan of salvation well that's Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and so there's this outer life where you know we have to serve and protect so we're we're more exterior our reproductive organs are on the outside mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. we we uh, are stronger physically yeah, right. not Spiritually, but physically, because mm-hmm. we are supposed to work and to, yeah. you know, and and, and, to do, and to protect that interior, right. that beautiful interior life right. of the the bride, the church, and the culture. Yeah. You know, so so our gifts of uh, thinking rationally and logically, where think women think more emotionally, mm-hmm. and it, there's not one against the other. It's not a juxtaposition. It's a beautiful integration. Right. You know, it's it, the two become one, and there's this intimacy there of the two. Differences that draw each other like magnets the positive and negative draw to each other. Yeah, you know um, And so the gifts that we have as men and the gifts that women have as women Perfect and complement each, each other, mm-hmm. you know, just like the priest in the church those mm-hmm. beautiful gifts complement each other and one is Doesn't really mean much without the other because without the priest is no Eucharist. Mm-hmm. No Eucharist, no church mm-hmm. right. <laughs> you See so right. I, it's and so um, what I wanted to make sure I Did in the book was also not just talk for married men but to all men whether you're single, whether you're priest, yeah, whether you're yeah. bishop, whether you're you know, mm-hmm. no matter what your state in life is, that you can see yourself and your life as a man mm-hmm. in, in the pages of that book.
0: Yeah, do you work with men one on one? Some I know you're your speaker, busy married man, and do you have time to like work one on one with some guys? Or,
1: um, I, I do in the sense that I have kind of a uh, a coaching part of my mm-hmm. ministry that I do, like a life coaching mm. thing. So, uh, so I help men with career transitions, or mm. uh, they're kind of stuck yeah. in their marriage or kind of stuck in their spiritual life. How do you take it to that next level? Yeah, yeah. Or they're struggling with uh, pornography or to struggle with some challenge in their life. So I do do some life coaching in those areas, but you know I do travel about 185,000 miles a year. So mm. <laughs> so I really uh, unfortunately don't have time to do a lot of one-on-one work. Yeah. Um, but I am working with a new uh, movement, um, the Catholic Men's Leadership uh, Association, mm. um, uh, which is a, a group of um, Catholic men who are leaders of like men's conferences or large men's organizations that are coming together. Um, so that we can all work together, because um, a lot of these organizations work in silos, and yeah, you know, yeah. and they're all borrowing from each other anyway. So yeah. like, why, why don't we come together and see how yeah. we can work better together to really make a serious effort yeah. um, to be to have men become more engaged? Right, you know, because one of the things I hear from women all the time is. Yeah, well, my husband. Yeah, he, sometimes he comes to church, and, and he's a great provider. But spiritually, you know, yeah. they're not praying with their wives. Not praying with right. their kids. Or, right. you know, they're into the football and all the time. So, not saying that stuff is bad, but uh-huh. you know, it has to be a balance there. Right. And you know, we're and we're out of balance. As men. So, uh, you know, they're kind of detached from their spiritual life. Mm-hmm. And so what we need to do is, is to see that it's both and, mm-hmm. you know, not an either or. Because all I have to do is be a good person. Jesus doesn't teach that. <laughs> I can't find anywhere where <laughs> Jesus says, hey, I get to heaven. Just, just be good and that's good uh, yeah, enough. Yeah. I think of the rich young man. Mm-hmm. What must I do to have eternal life? Mm-hmm. Jesus, we have to follow the commandments. He lists about five of them or so. And he says, I've done all that since my youth. See, I'm a good person. Mm. Did Jesus then say, dude, you're good to go. Mm -hmm. Just lock your life in cruise control. Just put it in neutral. Mm. Just coast your way into Mm -hmm. heaven. He didn't say that. Mm -hmm. He said, there's one thing that you lack. Uh Take all your stuff, sell it, give it to the poor. You'll have treasure in heaven. Mm -hmm. Then come, follow me. Mm -hmm. And he couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. And what Christ is asking men to do is everything that you think is important in this life, Mm -hmm. your money, your job, your career, all this stuff, that is important in the eyes of the world. Yeah. Put that second. Put me first. Right. And I will give you more than you could have ever ask for or imagine.
0: Yeah.
1: Not materially, but where but where it counts deeply into me personally, spiritually. Yeah. And it's and that's there's a disconnect there in our culture right now with men, and what I'm trying to do and, and many men uh, like myself who who are working with men in the cultures to help to close that gap between mm. the faith and the everyday lived experience.
0: Yeah. What are some things? That you found that are helpful to get men to engage in their spiritual life uh is there a certain way of presenting or certain practices you recommend yeah so
1: in the last chapter of my book i it's called the armor of god and what i do is i go through each piece in ephesians chapter six each piece of saint paul describing a roman soldier's army you know uh, 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 a uniform Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and apply that to a an aspect of male spirituality. So the sword of the spirit, Mm. breastplate of righteousness, helmet of salvation, uh, shod your feet in the gospel of peace, those kinds Mm. of things. So I think initially engaging men um, it has to be uh, a personal interaction. So sending an email or putting something in a bulletin Mm. or making a phone call doesn't work for men. (laughs) Going up to another guy, hitting him on the shoulder, hey this is men conference coming up you know, I you really need to be there. Mm-hmm. Oh but men's conference. I oh, well, you gonna sing "Kumbaya," just mm-hmm. kind of I'm not really into that. No, no, it's not like that, man. You, mm-hmm. Some great In fact, you know what? I'll, I'll even buy your ticket, man. Or, or so if you come, we we can go. I'll, we'll go golfing after the next day, or, so, or something like that. You know, yeah, those kind yeah. of incentive, yeah. and uh, just to get men to come. You know, mm-hmm. and a lot of those men are encouraged by their wives to go. Mm-hmm. You know. But one area that I see is lacking, and I, and I, and I hear this all around the country, is that the, the ones that aren't really helping to promote these things are the priests in the parishes. Mm-hmm. And which, in a sense, doesn't surprise me, because think about it. Priests are fathers of families, parish families. These are the same broken men that are fathers in the domestic church, the church of the home. They're coming from the same backgrounds when they're leading uh, 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 parish families,
0: right.
1: You know? And so, um, you know, they, they have the same issues as men in the home. So, uh, you know, so, so I could see why they're reluctant to promote kind of a men's thing, right. but, right. but, um, the ones that do the, the men that get it, they're, they have a men's ministry that is thriving. Yeah. Uh, one of the things I point out is that 80% of positions in parishes are, are by women. Mm. So where are the guys? Yeah. You know, so we have to get men more plugged in and more engaged so, I think that personal one on one is important, and one thing we've been noticing too in men's conferences where uh, this is about about ten years or fifteen years ago, we saw this huge resurgence in interest in men coming together at conferences, so you see these numbers increasing, but all of a sudden we we saw it peak, and it's starting to kind of go down again and When I go to men's conferences, they ask, "Well how many of you have been here before you know and like half the hands will go up. How many you here for the first time and a whole other set of hands will go up? So that's interesting. So you have to ask yourself, what's drawing these guys to the conference for the first time and mm-hmm. why aren't the other ones coming back?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, so, uh, so that's what we're trying to, to figure out to get that dynamic right, to see how we can more deeply engage men. Yeah. But that last chapter, I, my book covers what we can, so for example, the breastplate of righteousness. The breastplate protects your heart. So for us as men, the way we protect our hearts is regularly going to the sacrament of reconciliation. Yeah, you know I, that's, and I talk about why that's important. And some men are reluctant to God. I want this guy to know my sins and what I did. Mm-hmm. You know, I th- don't give yourself that much credit. You know, what I mean, first of all, it, it's Christ who's forgiving the sin through the instrument of the priest. Um, the priest is bound to the seal of confession. You can go behind the screen so he doesn't see who you are. If you embarrass and go to another parish where you don't mm-hmm. know the priest. I mean, but the thing is just to go Right. And, right. To, and to not be afraid to make yourself vulnerable in that sacrament so you can receive the graces and cooperate with the graces that will be able to help you to live as you're called to live uh, as a man of God.
0: Yeah. And do you think, obviously, I guess, uh, the breakdown of the family, more divorce, single-parent homes, how that... And oftentimes, right, it's the, the woman, the mother, that's with the kids, and they all have the father figure. That seems like that wounds men so much today. Uh, can you talk about that issue?
1: Yeah, well, that was the issue of my own house growing yeah. <laughs> up. You know, so, um, yeah, so I, I'm very familiar with that situation. And me, as the oldest, having to step in and basically help raise my family, you know, mm-hmm. with my mom. And so, uh, yeah, th- that's, um, you know, again, we have a culture that is focused on the trinity of me, myself, and I, you know, and, and when you're living from that framework, um, you know, nothing else really matters except, except what I can do for myself, what I can get for myself, because I'm the center of all meaning and existence, and everyone else is just, you know, a pawn in my game, mm-hmm. you know, and so you, when you approach life that way, of course you're going to have a breakdown in the family. When you don't have that commitment, um, you know, when you just want the, the pleasure without the commitment that comes from it, um, and when you want to use people for your own advantage, they're, they're going to see a breakdown in, in the family, like we're seeing breakdown in, in corporate culture. Mm-hmm. Like when you have people that are corrupt and not thinking with the heart and mind of Christ and thinking with the heart and mind of the culture, that's what we see. But Paul warns us about this in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Not to be conformed to this world, to be yeah. transformed by the renewal of your mind so you may know what is God's will. And so the minds and the hearts of men need to be brought uh, closer to the truth. And Mm -hmm. the truth, again, is not a philosophy. It's not an idea. It's a person. Mm -hmm. The person of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And when you start to see that light switch kind of go on, because it may be something you said at a conference or you said or you brought an idea across that, whoa, whoa, I never thought about that before. Or. Sometimes, you know, men need to be spoken to firmly and directly. You hit them, Mm -hmm. and it just hits them in the heart, and they're, like, disturbed. But it's like, oh, God, I I didn't want to go there, but we're here now. (laughs) You know, and the Spirit is doing something Uh in them. Uh And just not being afraid to let the Holy Spirit... Yeah. You know, break break them open a little bit, get them out of their comfort. Because, yeah. you know, we like to be comfortable. But if you look at Christ on the cross, he was uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. And yeah.
1: so we want to take our faith at that next level as men. We need to get uncomfortable. Mm. And one of the keys is in Ephesians. You know, um, husbands, love your wife as Christ loved the church. Or how did he show his love for the church? He died for her. Mm. So, so my job is to, a job as a priest, too. Is to give our lives and die to ourselves, and to live every day of our lives for our our wives, our children, the church, and for the culture.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I was up at a men's conference one time um, up in uh, Seattle, and uh, they had like a like a kind of a breakfast before the conference started. So it was just all men, and a lot a number of them had participated in that "Man Is You" program. And I remember, and a lot of the guys there's a lot of guys like in their 50s early 60s and it felt like I just felt like there's a strength to them like some of them had gone through that program and then they were trying to help their sons or son-in-laws and and trying to help get them on track but I just remember feeling and it wasn't like a physical power thing because these were older guys but it was there was just like this solidity, and you just felt a power in the room. You know, I just felt like it was a charism of masculinity, you know, the guys that were trying to seek the Lord and everything, and I thought, man, that's what, you know, I kind of tell guys that now it's like, you know, just try to be there for some other man. I think there's such a hungering for that mentoring and stuff today that I mean, there's this obvious role of mothers and women and spiritual maternity. And I I see it a lot today with older women, just like this prayer. I mean, they they just, they're praying for family members, for grandkids and all this, and they have such a a role. And when I I see men oftentimes, it's like, I I just want to tell them, you know, I don't know I don't know, I don't have a 10-point plan for you to do, how to mentor, <laughs> but just try to show up in another guy's life and walk with him, and you guys will figure it out together. Mm-hmm. But I think there's just like this deep hungering in men to get some kind of help from other men in their life, you know. There's yeah, something that happens there that's special, you know. Well, you know, men,
1: <laughs> men we aren't challenged. Mm-hmm. And we, uh, and men typically like to be challenged, to overcome difficult hard obstacles in life yeah you know and we talk about mentorship i i I love in first kings chapter two talks about the death of david Mm -hmm. you know david is dying and he has a son solomon before Mm -hmm. him and so and i imagine you know if my son benjamin was standing before me when i was dying what my last words be to him what would i want to say to my son Mm -hmm. to mentor him and you know David doesn't say, I love you, son, you know, because a lot of people say, I'll I'll say I love him. Mm -hmm. Well, no, because you should be telling your children every day Mm -hmm. that you love him, not Mm -hmm. waiting until you're almost dead. (laughs) You know. Uh, But what David says is, be strong and show yourself a man. But he doesn't stop there. He says, keep charge of the Lord your God, walking in his ways, keeping Mm -hmm. his statutes, his commandments, his ordinances, his testimonies, that is proclaimed in the word of God. So he says, son. If you want to be successful as a man, you must follow the ways of the Lord. And I hope that in my fatherhood that I have witnessed that to you, not just paying lip service to it, but I have actually shown you by my actions and by my decisions on how I was a father that you were able to see that role that I'm passing on to you in me. Mm-hmm. And he says, because he, he, you know that's true because his next thing he says, this is not just for you because I know I'm not going to see my grandkids. Mm-hmm. If you pass this on to your children, pass on to their children, you, there will not be a man uh, on the throne of David, that, uh, throne of Israel that will fail.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: See, mm-hmm. so that's why the mentoring is so important. We need yeah. to pass on right. to this next generation of men yeah. and, and keep that momentum going. Uh, of the things of God, and what you passage know? was that again? That was That's First Kings chapter two, right first at the Kings. beginning, the okay. very start of First Kings, yeah, for the it. first five or seven verses or so. Ah. So let's we'll talk about that. So there's a beautiful lesson there um, yeah. for us as men about passing that on, and and priests do the same thing because they're spiritual fathers, right? They're spiritual fathers, right? Which is just as important as me being a, a, a father in a family. Yeah. The, the priests are also spiritual fathers, passing on in their homilies and and in that sacrament of reconciliation, and in um, sitting down with that couple, or the work that's being done here with the friars, um, you know, reaching people all over the world, right. you know, yeah. with the message of truth, with the message of the gospel, and the men's programming that you have, not just my series, but Father yeah. Larry's, and Crossing the Goal, and right. those are important. Men are watching.
0: Yeah. Men
1: are watching, and I know men's groups that are using the programming yeah. from here as part of their men's weekly men's meetings and programs. so there's definitely and there's not enough resources for men out there you know women have tons of stuff they've been doing this this for a long time but men are starting to catch up now Uh and um you know the more that we see um this effort being made the especially with men and families because we have built strong strong men we have strong families we have strong families we we have a strong church we have a strong church we have a strong culture
0: yeah What do you tell men practically about overcoming pornography and that stuff?
1: So um, uh, with any kind of temptation, you have to fight. You know, you have to fight. So uh, I don't have a problem with porn, thanks be to God. I mean, you know, uh, but there are a lot of guys Mm -hmm. that do. So I say, okay, here's what I do. Um, When I travel, I have my laptop, all right? And so, uh, but I also travel with a desktop crucifix. I have holy cards. I have a picture of my family. And I put those around the, the laptop. Mm-hmm. And before I even flip it up and turn it on, Our Father, Hail Mary, Glory be to the Father. Mm-hmm. Before I even... Because I want to I be in the right state of mind. Right. You know, when I t- so when I turn the computer on, if I'm working I wanna, and I want to watch something, watch one of two things. I go to Savior.org. Which is twenty-four hour Eucharistic Adoration online. Hmm. So I'll shrink the stream, pop it up in the corner, <laughs> and while I'm working, there's Jesus <laughs> in the Blessed Sacrament, or EWTN. <laughs> that's the two things that, I don't watch myself. But you know, I mean, I mean but so if you want to be in that right state of mind, though, you know, you want to create yeah. an atmosphere where you're you're putting yourself in God's presence as you're working. Right. You know, and one of the best advice I also got in confession once was, was uh, in, in a moment of temptation. Um, Start praying in our Father and in Hail Mary slowly and, ca- and asking the, our Lord and the Blessed Mother to be with you in that moment of temptation. Because when you start doing that, the devil says, oh, I'm out of here. He's calling on Mary. I'm out. Yeah. You know, yeah. and you, you're know, you bringing the reinforcements. You start mm-hmm. praying in St. Michael prayer. Call on the, the angels and the saints to help you. Because right. you, sometimes you feel you're so alone. You're not alone. Right. We're part of the, the, the communion of saints, You know the the, the, the church. Uh, militant on earth and the church triumph in heaven, and you know we're we're, we're praying for it. Just so a call 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 for backup. Yeah. You know.
0: Yeah, I think that's so critical. Like, you know, we can start the day right and have morning prayers, morning offering or whatever, and maybe pray the rosary even. But also, like in the time of struggle, sometimes we don't ask for help. You know, and I think that's the tripping up point like, because you think, "Well, I asked for help yesterday or this or something," but it's like. God, like wants uh, the whole heart. You know, He wants us always to be focused on Him. Um, you know, asking for help, and um, so some reason, yeah, we—I don't know—we get in there in the fight and we forget that we think, okay, I can take out Mike Tyson this time. Yeah. <laughs> <You> know? <laughs> we know the parental
1: stereotype is that men don't like to ask for directions, right? Well, yeah. before, G- before GPS. Yeah. Um, and uh, we, because I think men think that. Uh, asking for help is a sign of weakness. Yeah. But yet, Paul says in Second Corinthians, you know, my pa- he says, the Lord said to me, because he was given some kind of thorn, we, told, we don't know what mm-hmm. it is, whether it's mental or physical,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but he said, it, but the Lord revealed to him um, is my power is made perfect in weakness. It's when I'm weak, it's then that I'm strong. And the word in Greek, there's asteneo for weak. And it's a word that they used for a support column that has Mm. a crack in it Mm. it's still standing but it's not as strong because christ has to be the one to fill in that crack in our lives to make us strong and stand firm so paul recognized that he needed the power of christ in order to make him strong Ah. so that he could be the man that god created him to be Mm. so so that and that vulnerability is not a sign of weakness it's a sign of strength yeah and that's what we don't get as men that's in the book i talk about it as the gift of vulnerability mm-hmm. you no know, because Christ on the cross the culture says look he's weak he's defeated we won mm-hmm. but it's in that complete act of kenosis that breaking open and pouring out of himself on the cross is that leads to the strength um, that he gives us as we're going through life I mean think about it um, uh, Psalm 90 right the, one, the Psalm written by Moses our span is 70 years mm-hmm. or 80 for those who are strong and mm-hmm. most of these are emptiness and pain <laughs> they pass swiftly and we are gone
0: yeah.
1: right so most of life is emptiness <laughs> and pain. most of life is the cross but there is no resurrection without crucifixion right you know right. so when we talk about uniting ourselves with the sufferings of mm-hmm. Christ it's making that offering in that vulnerability of ourselves as men because it's in that entering that gift of vulnerability is where our true strength comes from because where it's not just about what I can do what I can accomplish is what Christ can do in and through me when I allow him Christ to space to work in my life that's real power right that's where you get authority because it's not about you it's yeah, about Christ
0: yeah well that's a good note to end on thanks so much uh, for chatting with us yeah, that's good
1: uh, honored to be here thank you so much for having me father mark